It was the squirrel's fault. Following a late brunch in the West Village, close by Greenwich Avenue, Noah and April headed for Washington Square Park. The Sunday warm weather crowds were out in force. A pianist had wheeled his large ambulatory instrument close to the afternoon shadow of the arch and was playing an improvisation on a melody from a Rachmaninoff concerto with loud flourish. The hordes of guitar players spread across the park, strummed away in total discordance, echoes of their songs clashing indifferently against each other in the sultry air, and the resident pigeon lady sat further south against her usual railing, busy knitting. Around the fountain, children and adults dipped their toes in the water, while tourists snapped photos on their sleek mobile phones. A street fair filled the side roads on the other side of the park by the tall university buildings, stalls alternately offering aromatic bites, handcrafted jewellery and gift items Noah would never have contemplated gifting even to his worst enemies. Not that he believed he had any genuine enemies. April had suggested eating at a vegetarian gourmet on 6th Avenue that she had developed a strong liking for, and just under an hour later... Noah still felt hungry, his taste buds and appetite barely tickled by the somewhat tasteless food they had been served, and now the combined smells of barbecued meat and grilled onions floating across towards them from the fair seemed to swirl around him and make his mouth water. He now regretted not having talked April into visiting Toto's sushi joint on Thompson Street. They held hands strolled lazily along the pathways, turning right after the fountain to avoid the dog enclosure, April's shoulder-length hair gently animated by the breeze. She wore a simple floral print summer dress that reached to just under her knees, her tanned legs straight and sporty, her movement relaxed above the tread of her flat, pale-pink, thin-soled shoes. Rushing around a corner, two children on scooters sped towards them, weaving their way through the crowds. The boy, blonde-haired in blue shorts and a yellow T-shirt, must have been about six or thereabouts, and his hardy sidekick was a tiny girl with a massive green helmet that dwarfed her features, round-faced and dark-eyed and with a look of utter determination, as if intent on colliding with them if they didn't steer clear of her path. Noah couldn't help chuckling at the sight. April gripped his hand tighter. They slowed down, anticipating the accidental collision, but just inches away from their feet, the two speeding kids veered away with practised grace and rushed by, oblivious, as if they owned the park, never slowing down. That little one was so cute, April remarked. Noah smiled. There's space over there. April said, indicating a wooden bench a stone's throw away, which was just being vacated by an elderly couple, and was shielded from the sun by the shadow of a nearby tree with low-lying branches. Let's go and sit. They had no plans for the afternoon. Noah thought that maybe later, towards evening, they might catch the new Michael Mann movie at the Union Square multiplex, but until then there was nothing on the cards. All he wanted to do was relax slob, what with the rush of meetings he had scheduled at the office the following day. 
Similarly, he knew that April's following 48 hours would be frantic and involving, as the monthly magazine where she worked as a production assistant had to go to press. They regularly relaxed this way at the end of the weekends, their Sunday routine. Noah remained silent as they sat. April did not interrupt his reverie. She took a sip from her bottle of water and offered it to him. He declined it. Usually content to sit alongside him in silence, she seemed unnaturally restless today. Even after almost two years together, she often complained that she couldn't read him properly, interpret his changing moods with any degree of accuracy. She was upset by his impassivity. She finally broke the silence. 